Welcome to Conversation Pace. I'm your host, Brian Rossetti. In episode 35, I spoke with Under Armour athlete John Renewicki. John is an Arizona native where he ran at Arcadia High School under his dad, and then Arizona State University where he set the school record in the 10K. He has since improved his PR in that distance to 28.15. A few things really stand out in this episode. One, John is a young guy with a lot of talent, but clearly mature beyond his years. He's been under the influence of a lot of great coaches, so it's nice to see him naturally gravitate towards coaching himself. He recently set up a profile on VDOT02 and is already starting to develop a nice athlete roster. Two, he's dealt with a lot of setbacks due to repetitive stress injuries. So it's always great to learn how athletes bounce back and adjust their training accordingly. I hope you enjoy our conversation. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. How's it going? So you're in, you said Scottsdale right now? Yeah, so I'm in, I'm back home in Scottsdale. Um, we're doing a training camp right now, actually, with some of my training partners and my coach, Corey Leslie. Um, just extremely lucky to be able to get to do it where, you know, I grew up and um, kind of in my own backyard. So it's been a fun past couple of weeks and we're still here for another couple of weeks. So just soaking it all up. Okay, so you're from, I wasn't sure where you were from. You're from that area? Yeah, so I grew up. I grew up in Scottsdale. I went to Arcadia High School here um, and then actually stayed in state, went to Arizona State for college. Um, so, yeah, I've been an Arizona, Arizona guy my whole life, primarily. Homeboy. So you didn't want to leave. Yeah, it was <laughs> too tempting to stay home. Um, <laughs> when I joined uh, the Arizona State program back in 2014, uh, it was under Louis Quintana as the, mm-hmm. the head distance coach. And um which is really excited about what he was kind of putting together. Um, so yeah, too, too appealing to not want to get out of here. Yeah. And so was it a big transition, um, not to analyze your, your coaches put you right on the spot here, but what was the big difference when Corey came in in terms of, um, was it a big transition or was it similar in terms of the yeah, approach. I think, well, so I, I had a, quite a few coaching changes in college. So Louie was my coach for the first uh, two and a half years. And then he got hired away to go be the director at Oregon State uh, for the women's program there, um, which obviously great opportunity for him. Louie and I are still very close. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of sad to get see, to see him get pulled away. I still remember I was working a summer internship. Um, and he just texted me one day, like, Hey, can you talk? And he was in the office down the street. And so I just drove down the street to go talk to him in his office. And he obviously told me the news and I was pretty crushed. Um, but right away, I mean, they hired our then assistant coach, Jeremy Rasmussen to kind of step up and, and be the head distance coach. And so worked with him for a year until Corey ultimately got hired. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so big news recently, right? So you graduated, is it just recently, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So I graduated 2018 undergrad and then stuck around to get my master's, um, in sports law, which took about a year and a half. So I finished that program pretty much just before COVID started, uh, in, in March was that, that was my last like fall semester. 
So that was fun for me. And then also kind of during that time was super lucky to, to be able to be volunteer coaching with Corey and the team to be able to train with them and kind of get slowly introduced to the coaching world. Got it. Okay. So, um, so you're getting into coaching now, plus you're in a new training group, right? Under Armour? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I kind of out of college initially, I, I mean, I, I wasn't really getting looked at by any sponsors. I was kind of just doing my own thing, especially when COVID started. I, um, my family has a cabin up in like the middle of nowhere in Northern Arizona. It's called Happy Jack. Um, and so Happy Jack. Started I don't know. And I, the plan Where's Happy to- Jack? What's that? Sorry. Where's Happy Jack? Sorry. So if you, if you go down Lake Mary road from Flagstaff about like 45, 50 minutes, it's just kind of in that area. Okay. Got it. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah so it's just, I mean, two hours from the Valley, really easily accessible. It's at 7,000 feet. There's some really great runs out there. They're just kind of like, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm probably one of like three people that's ever run on the, some of the forest roads out there just because it is so remote. Um, but yeah, I just kind of went up there and once COVID started in March of 2020 and, uh, kind of trained for six, eight months, just alone doing my own thing. Like family would come up here and there, friends would come up here and there, we'd hang out and have good time. Um, and then once races started popping up, then was finally able to, you know, put some times down and slowly Under Armour be kind of, kind of became a thing about a year after that. Okay. Well, well, what was your expectation coming out of college? How fast had you run? And then again, what was your expectation in terms of yeah, sponsorship? Not, not very fast, honestly, my, my collegiate mm-hmm. career was riddled with, um, with injuries. I under, under my first coach, I definitely, he gave me a lot of the reins and, and letting me do more volume than I probably should have done. Um, so I was running, 110 to 120 mile weeks. And when I was healthy, I was, I mean, I was pretty healthy, but it just didn't really ever show itself in a race. Unfortunately, I I got to most starting lines with a stress fracture and then, you know, had to obviously go to the pool and spend a lot of time rehabbing injuries and coming back. So up until my fifth year, actually working with Corey, my 5k PR was like 14, like high twenties from being a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I really had no reason to kind of keep sticking with running and trying to do the whole professional thing, but it was just kind of something that, you know, I wanted to do and given the, the climate of COVID and, and everything and how it was working out, I was just like, Hey, you know what, I'll bet on myself for a little bit of time and, and see, see what I can get out of this. And honestly, like the, the main focus was more than I wanted to be a professional runner. I was just extremely interested in getting into coaching at the collegiate level. And so that was kind of the main motivation was, you know, stick around. Corey was, you know, uh, nice enough to give me the opportunity to, to come on and, and coach with him once I graduated, which, well, honestly, it was a bit of a transition because, I mean, you go one season from being, you know, friends and boys with the team. And then the next season, it's kind of like, all right, you're not really being able to socialize with them as much. You're kind of in a different position. Um, but that was a lot of fun for me. But I would say to kind of answer your, your first question is the expectations were really none. You know, I, j- I just wanted to go and work hard and, and get a, a healthy block of training under me and see what I could do with that, because that was something that I just I didn't really have in my collegiate career. I think the first time I strung together an entire year of healthy running was my fifth, my fifth year track season. Wow. So then what, what were the, the factors you think that 
in terms of that change? Was it just lack of yeah. <laughs> racing all the time, the three seasons? What what else can you speak to that you think were the, the difference makers? Yeah, I think I'd say a lot. I mean, just very simply put, just like quality over quantity changed immensely. I think I'm a very analytical person. And one day I went into Corey's office and it was probably like a day or two after I got diagnosed with one of my stress fractures. I think that one at the time was femoral um, shaft stress fracture. And I had this like big running log, like um, printed out that just kind of like went through like, all right, here's like what I've been doing, the volumes, like some of the averages, whatever. And I mean, now we look back at it and we kind of laugh, like it was pretty stupid and that we didn't like see it before, but it's just like, every time I ran more than, you know, 95, hundred miles a week, I got a stress fracture. And so Corey was like, okay, like we're not, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I, I, I only run probably 65, 70 miles a week now since, since I've been with him. Um, a lot of my work is done in the pool. Um, lucky, especially in Arizona when I'm here for the majority of the time, there's a great public pool system here and I get to go and I swim with my little brother, who's a pretty elite young swimmer in the club ranks here in the state of Arizona. Um, so I'm getting a lot of the work done that way. So I'm still getting obviously the cardio benefits of, of high volume, just the specific work is saved for running. And there's a lot less. of. Are you pool Are you running, running or swimming laps? laps? I do both. You do both. Okay. Yeah, I, I it kind of depends. Like if I'm if I'm burnt out in the middle of the season and and just you know running on tired legs, I'll probably aqua jog more just because lap swimming is so challenging. Um, but in the base season, I do a lot of lap swimming, um, and I've kind of gotten better at it over the years. Mostly in the past like twelve months of you know being able to actually do proper like swim sets and sessions with. Um, you know, some different strokes and almost like working on technique to kind of help break up so you don't get, you know, sore arms here and there. So that's been fun for me. Nice. And did you, that wasn't the case when you were, you know, freshman, sophomore, undergrad at, at ASU. Okay. Yeah. So when I was, you know, young in the program, it was 110, 120 miles a week. I was, I was definitely cross training, but much less of it. It was more just, Hey, like we're going to the pool like one day a week. And yeah, it was kind of that. Um, yeah, it just, I mean, the high mileage, obviously if, if you can handle it, it's, it's great, but it's just it's certainly not for everybody. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember being, being fascinated. We did a training, did a training block in block Florida, when I was with Zap Fitness and, and um, Alan Webb came down just to mix it up and have a change of scenery. And um, he was swimming laps, I think it was like twice a week for an hour um, and lifting like an animal in the weight room and, um, and only running like 70, you know, 75 miles. Um, I mean, obviously he was just shooting for the mile, but... That was, was eye-opening eye to me, how much time and energy on cross-training. And he was just so strong, like head to toe, it seemed like. So that's interesting. What about nutrition? Yeah, actually, I love swimming. I think, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. It's certainly... Uh, I mean, if, if you can, if you, if you are a good swimmer and you can, and you can manage like the, the workload of a proper like swim session, I think you can, you can get in some really high quality work and I mean, put yourself ahead of where you would be, obviously, if you weren't doing it. So I'm all for it. You're a tall You're guy, a tall right? Guy. For a distance runner. I, I, we've never met yeah. in person, but I, yeah, yeah. how tall are you? 
I, it, it depends who's asking. So, sometimes I say I'm 6'2", sometimes I, I say I'm 6'3". I'm, I'm a little insecure sometimes about my height, so I might lie and say I'm 6'2", depending on who's asking. Interesting. Um, but uh, I'm 6'3". 6'3", wow. So maybe you, you said your brother's a good swimmer, so any triathlons in your future? It sounds like you could swim. you got the, yeah. the body type well, especially, too. So I've unfortunately been banged up recently in, in 2021 and doing a lot more swimming. Um, and I was, I was living out in Colorado and, um, I came back to Arizona just to kind of, you know, see my, see my doctors back home and, um, get, get healthy out here back home with, you know, good support system. And I was going to the pool a lot with my younger brother. And I mean, he's, he's only a freshman in high school. Um, but he's just obviously kicking my butt <laughs> every, every time we get in the, in the water together. And, you know, sometimes I, I would go do a workout alone and I would think I was a good swimmer and be like, oh man, like. I'm ready for a triathlon or I would love to race anybody in the pool. And then, and then you get in a pool with, with someone who actually knows what they're doing and and they humble you extremely quickly. So oh, I, I like the idea of, of doing something in the triathlon world, maybe when I'm, I'm done running, but certainly right now, like yeah. my focus is all in running and it's, it's not really something I'm thinking about. Sure. 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 Yeah. It is humble. I remember jumping in the pool, probably the fittest I've ever been and like, grabbing the side of the wall after you know, swimming up and back that's like how my form just must have been terrible i was in i was in flagstaff um just before thanksgiving and i was doing some swimming up there and i was talking to matt mckelroy um who's a triathlon um and triathlete and he you know was just kind of saying like yeah like you the thing the difference between running and swimming is like if, if you're an elite runner or if an elite triathlete and you go train with professional runners, you can keep up with them. Like you're, you're not really doing all that much different work. Obviously, like when it comes to speed and some specific sessions, like they'll pull away from you, but not, yeah. not in a crazy amount. But if you get in the pool with a, like an Olympic swimmer or a professional swimmer, it's just like, they're, you can't even train with them. It's just such a different sport. Like the technique is, is so much more of a factor where there's just no chance that yeah. you'll be in the same arena. Yeah, it's crazy the difference. Um, so tell us what can you tell us actually about Under Armour, about the group, the goals, the objectives? Um, is you know the support what what that looks like for you yeah. now going forward? Yeah, so individually, I um, got signed by Under Armour just over a year ago now. Um, and I'm going to be with them for, for the next couple of years, kind of going into the 2024 um, cycle. And so extremely grateful for them. You know, I think there's someone who definitely um, saw the upside in me. I, I, I'm still kind of one of those runners who I don't think I've, I've really tapped into my potential, just kind of knowing my history and um, kind of what I've been through. And once I'm able to string together some healthy training, kind of the glimpses of hope that I've showed, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in similar situations to me. So I consider myself obviously very lucky to have the opportunities that I do. Um, but yeah, kind of the support with them. Um, it's been amazing. Um, I'm, I'm moving to Baltimore actually to be closer to the headquarters, um, in the next couple of months after indoor season winds down. So I'm extremely excited for that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's going to be a great, a great experience to kind of be able to, to be right where, you know, they're making some of the products and in the thick of it and helping the design teams and helping the innovation teams come out with some stuff that's really trying to push the brand forward from a running perspective. You know, I think they're really trying to, to 
to get their their teeth into this running world and so you can obviously see that they're they're making a lot of moves with the group out in flagstaff with the, the district track club in dc and and kind of some some new things that are in the works currently um so it's it's definitely an exciting time to be an under armor athlete and um you know i think all of us who are kind of here in-house are you know just very very patiently impatiently waiting for kind of what's what's to come in the soon future Nice. So you're going to be moving to Baltimore. Is it a group? Is it a team dynamic that Corey's going to oversee or is it just a few individuals that are going to be separate? How does, how does it yeah, look? So, so currently I, I'm just training with some other Under Armour sponsored athletes, um, Casey Comer and, and Jackson Lewis, mm-hmm. as, as well as Willie Fink. Um, and yeah, we're just kind of linking up, linking up for sessions. I would say currently day to day I'm with, I'm with Jackson Lewis and Casey Comer, Willie, um, he's actually going to be joining us, um, in a, about a week here, he's going to come out to Arizona and we'll be able to get in some training with him. So looking forward to that. Um, but for now that's, that's kind of, um, the, the extent of it. But just, what about when you go to Baltimore? Like, is, are there going to be team practices? Is it a group that they're forming or no? Um, Kind of more on that soon. It, it just gotcha. starts to take to take uh, shape as we get kind of more into into the new year. You can't reveal, man. That's okay. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about? So you're moving to Baltimore from Arizona. So now you're going to get humid, hot summers. You're used yes. to the heat, but humidity is going to be different. Um, and what about the wire? Have you ever watched the wire? How much I, of Baltimore? You're not the first person to tell me that. Um, <laughs> I have, I have intentionally not watched the wire, but, um, actually Corey, my coach, Corey's, uh, wife, uh, she's joked about that quite a bit actually. Um, but no, I don't think any of us have watched it. <laughs> oh, you gotta watch it, man. It's gotta be, I think one of the best series ever. Um, but it's a commitment. I think it's five seasons yeah. and it's like slow yeah. going, but, I'm usually, I'm usually someone that will lose patience with the television series about you know halfway through the the second season. So I don't know. I don't I'll foresee myself getting through that one. <laughs> the second season's amazing. Um, <laughs> that's the thing with the wire. I think it just keeps getting better. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just Baltimore classic. I had to mention the wire just to see if you're a fan. Um, Okay, cool. So, and then in terms of training now, um, you've talked about less volume, a little bit more cross training. When yeah. it came to the stress fractures, nutrition was, was anything ever addressed there? Was it ever identified as a problem? Yeah. How has that evolved? If, yeah, if at good, all? Good question. I mean, I've, I've done, I've done all the tests. I mean, I've from nutrition to bone density to, um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously blood, blood tests up the wazoo. Um, really nothing has ever, has ever jumped out. I think a lot of it is just more simply attributed to the fact that I'm a larger runner. Um, I, my mechanics have obviously gotten better, but when I was younger in college, I had a lot of growing up to do definitely a, a late bloomer in the sense of, I think when I started college, I was six one and when I finished college I was six three. So I grew I grew quite a bit in college and kind of went through some of those body changes that obviously weren't always a positive influence on my running. Um and so now kind of training is just like currently five days five to six days a week I'm running 
doing a, a lot, a lot of work in the pool to try to make up for that. And then just, just really focusing on the quality over quantity. I, I'm, I'm really happy with where I am right now, kind of coming off of, um, 2021, I had too many injuries. Honestly, I had a couple stress fractures in there, um, some Achilles issues, just, just to kind of make it a very choppy year with, with some very inconsistent training. And so currently I'm, I'm about eight ish weeks into running. Obviously the first four of that was just you know, 30 minute jogs to try to reintroduce running to the body. But, but now I'm healthy. I'm, I'm getting in really good workouts, hanging on for dear life with Jackson <laughs> and Casey Comer in sessions where they're, they're really putting it to me. And um, I'm, I'm counting the days, hopefully, you know, soon I'll be able to kind of do my share of the work with us in sessions. But um, for now, it's just trying to get back to, to being, you know, very competitive at, at the high level that, you know, we're, we're expected to be at what um so there's no focus on races is there anything on the horizon or right now for oh, no, you? It's just, yeah. we've got some races on the schedule actually that i'm excited about um we're we're gonna do kind of a, a mini indoor season on the east coast um i'm gonna race a couple three k's uh we're gonna go back to the jdl camel city elite uh meet where i'll run a mile jackson and casey are gonna do the the 3k and the mile um between them um, so yeah, definitely going to race. And I think for me, it's, it's not that I'm, I'm not fit right now and not in a position to race. It's just more of a, like, I mean, you know, with professional runners, like it, in an ideal world, you would just hide out and, you know, race one or two times a year when you were at your most confidence, most confident state and the highest fitness that you think you could attain. Um, but I think something that, that Corey is very, a very strong believer in and something that we kind of believe with him is that, I mean, racing is a part of the sport. And I think if you're only going to race when you're, when you're at your hundred, hundred percent, like you're not going to be racing all that often because of the way that this sport is, it's training sport. I mean, there's only a couple times a year where you're truly peaking. And so a lot of it this season is going to be kind of racing, um, as we're training, of course. And what are you running indoors? Like what distances are you going to focus on? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go and race the three K at, uh, BU, um, the the weekend before jdl which is the fifth so i believe it's like the 28th or 29th of january um and then right after that jdl i'll be racing a mile and then the weekend after that we'll kind of see what things are looking like but might come back and, and race um another 3k somewhere just kind of depending on what stuff kind of shape out, shapes out to be yeah what john i mean obviously for you the the key right now is just consistency and putting in some good blocks of training, staying yeah. healthy. Um, what are some of the other factors? I mean, obviously competing at a high level with everyone's super talented. So it's a lot of it comes down to who, who can stay healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the other factors? Like, you know, Corey's been working with post-collegiate yeah. athletes now for a little while. Like what, what is being introduced um, that's maybe new um, in terms of recovery tools, nutrition, um, you know, anything else that, that to help kind of give an edge yeah. um, or to be no, sort of those X factors that we, we talked about. We are extremely well taken care of with Under Armour. Um, and I mean, Corey is definitely, I would consider more of the cutting edge coaches in the United States where he's, He's very in tune with what's available and what's out there recovery wise modalities, different treatment techniques. Um, 
for me personally, I, I think it's all great, but I feel like I, I'm very much a person where I can get so bombarded and overwhelmed with all the different things to do. And I mean, if you got Corey on this call right now, he'd probably be just shaking his head because I'm, I'm the kind of person <laughs> where every, you know, prehab exercise or rehab routine that I've ever been given, like, I'll just kind of like keep doing it and keep doing it. And I might, you know, wind myself up in the gym for an extra two hours after a workout, just kind of doing all these extra little things, which at the end of the day is kind of becoming too much and, and starting to, to run me a little bit ragged. And so really the name of the game for me is just keeping it simple. I mean, run, recover, keep it simple, just, you know, healthy foods, getting good sleep, um, you know, doing little things here and there, like whether it's, you know, Epsom salt baths, ice baths, compression, um, you know, getting massages on a regular basis, really just keeping it simple. You know, I, I don't like to overcomplicate things or, um, you know, give myself too much to think about. I, I just focus on training and then kind of just living my life. Is the, do you think that that pattern of you with prehab, is that just you know, compensating or um, it just comes from your injury history? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely now, now looking back on it, it's definitely just me being extremely insecure and, and trying to, <laughs> to do more to, yeah. to kind of get back to where I need to be, where I, obviously it's just too much at a certain point. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're getting into to coaching yourself, obviously you talked about being an assistant, mm-hmm. um, with Corey, but you started to do some, some private coaching and I know you're yeah. already working with a bunch of athletes. So, um, just curious to hear how that's going and what type of athletes you're working with and, yeah. and what the training looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, coaching is obviously, it's one of those things where, I've, I've known from, you know, my, basically my whole life that coaching was what I wanted to do, whether I could make a career out of it, or if it would just be something that I did in addition to a career. Um, I wasn't sure how, how the logistics would work out, but it's something that I've always been passionate about. Um, you know, I think from an early age, mostly just starting because my dad, um, is a high school coach. He was my coach growing up and just kind of always being surrounded by that at an early age. It was just kind of ingrained in me. Um, but yeah, so lucky enough to kind of have a path through college. I think I can't remember one, one day I was in Corey's office, my, at the end of my fourth year, my fifth year. Um, and we just, you know, got to talking about, you know, what I was going to do once I graduated in the spring and he knew that I was looking at a master's program and all that. Um, and then kind of just like had the conversation with him, like, that I wanted to to coach the collegiate level and like, Hey, like, is this like something that I could do? Like, do you, do you see this in me or is this just something that's realistic or no? Um, and he was, was all about it and all for it. And, and honestly, like that was one of the, the biggest weights I've ever had lifted off my chest when I was just like something that I wanted to do so badly, but I just wasn't sure if like, if it was, you know, going to be in the cards for me. Um, but yeah, I was extremely lucky to, for him to just kind of take me under his wing. Um, he's been just obviously like so life-changing for my athletic career, my professional career and coaching where, you know, just giving me all the opportunities that I never thought would be possible. And so, yeah, I was lucky enough, like you said, to um, come on and, and volunteer coach with him. And 
really it, it, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of professional athletes out there who are volunteer coaches for programs for track access, but it was, it was a lot more than that in our situation where it was, where it was, you know, really kind of down in the deep doing the hard recruiting and, and the, the coaching work where this was something that I wanted to do. And I wanted to learn what it was actually like. And if it was something that I was going to be still interested in after I was doing kind of the, the tough, the tough work of the job. Um, and then kind of after that and, and slowly alongside that, I've just been kind of building up people that I've been kind of working with on the side up until the point where I got introduced to you guys through Corey and as a, as a place to, you know, put your, your athletes all in one kind of streamlined location to, to keep things organized and to keep things moving in the right direction. Yeah. And how's it going so far using the app and what, what are the athletes, like what type of athletes you're working with and um, what are they training for? Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. I, I, I'm all over the board, honestly. I have from high school to um, masters runners trying to break four minutes in the 1500 up to, you know, I got a slew of people getting ready for some spring marathons, about three or four who are going to run Boston. Um, I have, yeah, just really all over the board. I think the people I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm most excited about all of them, honestly. Like, uh, I'm getting pretty excited for Boston and the group I have that are going to be going out there. I've got um, a young gentleman who runs the 800 um, nice. in California who's pretty quick and I'm excited about him. Um, really all over the board, honestly. And, and that's how I like it. I don't really have, even the marathoners, I don't really have two people that are the same kind of marathoners. I mean, they're all high volume, low volume. And it's just, it's been so fun for me to just get to help people at the end of the day. I mean, there's, there's so many people who, who are looking for just simple direction or complicated direction or whatever it is. And I'm just, you know, always excited to kind of step in and help give them that, that instruction. That's awesome. And where, where are you getting, you know, to talk specifically, but just yeah. curious, like, is it through your network or people just kind of finding you organically or just getting referrals, things like that? Yeah, I would say, Early on, it was just kind of through my network and word of mm -hmm. mouth. And um, I mean, growing up in Arizona and my dad's been coaching for, for 30 years and he's obviously always had people who are coming to him looking for private coaching. And it's not something that he's ever really done, um, but kind of since I've been done with college, whether it's, you know, Corey directing someone my way, my, my father directing someone my way, word of mouth, you know, people I coach like, Oh, Hey, like this person's also looking for someone just kind of has grown organically that way. Um, I think I've had some people through the website, um, but more it's been organically kind of word of mouth. So your dad, he, he was a track and cross country coach. Still is, in high still school. Is. That's awesome. Yeah. How many years did you say again? Um, for about 30 years. Wow. So he, yeah, he, um, He's from Phoenix, the Phoenix area. He, he started coaching out in Tucson, actually, because he was he went to U University of Arizona, um, started coaching at a really small high school out there for a couple of years, and then pretty quickly came to the Scottsdale area and coached at Arcadia High School, which is where I went um, for, I think, 32 years. And then when my younger sister graduated back in 2016 or so, he then moved to Chaparral High School down the road, um, and he's still there now. How did he get into – was he a runner himself, or was it just 
he kind of fell yeah, into he, it. He actually didn't run um, in in high school or in college. Running was kind of something that he got into um, later in life, um, and kind of developed the passion. I would say maybe he probably started running like in college, but then like in his late twenties was was really passionate about it, and kind of that's where he started taking i think he, he probably more if you ask him i mean he could probably better answer this question but it more kind of came from his fascination with coaching rather than being an athlete in his own right um and that's yeah just kind of led him to where he is now where what excuse me who were some of the coaches that inspired him do you know like in other sports you're saying yeah um i think no i don't i don't know if it was necessarily other sports probably just i mean wanting to, to, to help kids, honestly, like that's probably all ultimately what it came down to. He, it's, and it, it wasn't like he was just a, a track coach growing up. He, he coached three seasons. He was cross country in the fall. Um, he coached soccer in the winter and then track obviously in the spring, but in between there, I mean, he, he coached wrestling for a few seasons. He coached basketball. Um, I think he's pretty much coached everything except for <laughs> football and like tennis. And so it's just one of those things where for him, it's more about the relationships with the athletes and, and kind of helping people, you know, beyond just get better at the sport, you know, help cultivating, you know, kids to, to see more in themselves and to get more out of their lives. That's great. That's awesome. And what was his system or approach like, like, and what was it? Was he just trying to learn as he went or is just always more focused on motivating kids? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in, as far as like specifically like what his coaching was like for me, I, I guess is obviously what I can attest to most. It was extremely simple. Um, <laughs> he, he did a really good job and he was, he's, he's been around it obviously enough and he's had some really good success and guys who obviously much sooner before me, you know, came through and went to run at the collegiate level and obviously had some good contacts with them. But he, for, for me personally and my siblings kept it super simple and, and never really gave us more than we could bite off at one point. I think the most I ever ran in high school was probably, you know, 50, 60 miles a week. There was a couple summers where I went to like a, a running camp and, you know, obviously the running camp bug, if you're a, a high school kid, you'll go run 200 miles a week if mm -hmm. they let you. Um, but besides that, I mean, low mileage, um, I think, I mean, he, if you want to like, say like, Oh, what, like was his running philosophy? I mean, he, he liked the Lydiard system. Um, he's familiar with that. Um, he, he, he obviously was aware of Jack Daniels and kind of those systems. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of it was just kind of, you know, repeat 400s with, with hammers mixed in slowly building up your threshold and just, you know, working yeah. on drills. Oh, you did drills too. Okay. Uh, and the program was good. Like I don't, I'm not a familiar. Was it, were you guys in terms of the state level? Um, he, yeah, I think he, so early on, um, he was, had some very deep teams. I think probably back in the the eighties at Arcadia had some very, very deep teams. And then ever since I was kind of aware of him as a coach, as a young kid growing up, he never really had the deep teams, but he always had an individual who was competing for a state title. Um, and a lot of that, he, I guess I should kind of back up when, when he was, or when I was even younger, my parents started like a really small track club um, called Arizona track club with a family friend of ours, Christy Keating. Um, 
And so from that, I mean, a lot of the, the kids would kind of go to Arcadia and, and continue mm. to develop there. That's awesome. So you, you were into it pretty early then. Yeah. So you were never, you didn't steer toward, did you play other sports growing up or was that, did you get into running uh, and get hooked I pretty played, quickly? I played soccer. <laughs> I mm-hmm. honestly, if, if you asked me as like a freshman in high school, like what I wanted to be, I'd probably say like a better soccer player than a runner, but <laughs> something that wasn't really in the cards for me athletically. Was it just, you learned quickly that, you know, you could win races and you were fast and that was it or was Yeah, it- I think, um, it, it was more, I, I just ended up not being good at soccer, which honestly it doesn't, now that I look back at it, I never really like practiced at soccer. Like I, I obviously would train for, for running. And so I would just get frustrated and like, why am I not as good at, you know, soccer as I am? At running? It's so frustrating. Um, and just kind of that way gravitated towards it. But also, I mean, my dad had some, some, some runners who were, um, I mean, like I would go to his practices when I was in grade school and middle school and just kind of go hang out after school and see what they were up to. And so from a very young age, you know, I was looking up to these athletes who were, you know, going on to, to run in college and, and do these impressive things. And obviously mm. you know, imagine a, a grade school kid just going to hang out with some high school, you know, athletes and you just very easily in awe of what they're doing. And so I was lucky enough to have some pretty good role models at a young age where, you know, when I got to high school, it was also just kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is what I know I want to do. Like I've seen it done before. I want to kind of get in line and and do it as my turn. That's great. That's awesome. Has coaching so far helped you in any way? Like, have you noticed things in your athletes, um, things that maybe you've had to correct or steer them away from, um, anything that's maybe now influenced you as an athlete? Um, or kind of enlightened you, you know, so yeah. far. I know yeah. it's still to, early. To answer your question, yes, all all the time. <laughs> uh, that's that's honestly probably my most like cherished part of coaching is the fact that y- you do kind of get to to teach people and, and show people like how not to make the mistakes that you have. And I think I've. For, for better or for worse in my athletic career and probably for better in, in, you know, trying to, to become a coach. Um, it certainly has, has helped my coaching having as rough of a career as I have had and, and as many adversities as I've had to face. Um, but honestly, I, I wouldn't have it any other way because I think, I mean, and especially personally for like my athletic career, I mean, when, when you're down in the dumps and you're, you're going through those tough times, I mean, that's when you learn the most about yourself and, I really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wished a smooth ride. If I could go back and do it, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish to take, to take anything away. That's cool. Um, you've got a full-time coach. You're doing some coaching yourself, but anything you're doing just as tips, maybe to listeners, um, books, podcasts, stuff, apps, things that you've used or you've read that might be helpful just yeah. to keep increasing your knowledge or are you really just kind of focused on what coach has given you week in week out and that's yeah. all you've got right now? Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, currently I, I'm reading uh, a book that's um, one of my, was one of my uncle's favorites. Actually, he died. Um, he was a cyclist in Tucson, which is where my, my mother's from. Um, and if you, if you're in, into the cycling scene or triathlon scene, Mount Lemon is a pretty famous road in, in Tucson. Um, and I have a couple of uncles that lived in the area and they were 
very, you know, avid cyclers. And unfortunately, about a year ago, one of them had a pretty bad accident and passed away. Um, He used to carry with him this this copy of this book called uh, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Um, And he, I mean, that thing would be highlighted up and, you know, bookmarked and pieces of paper falling out of it and just was an extremely important book to him and i've my mother gifted it to me for my birthday last year um, and just kind of have gotten around to reading it for for other reasons and um currently reading that i think it's it's definitely one of those books where you're going to learn something reading it and those are kind of the books that i i you know find myself steering towards um, I, I enjoy novels for entertainment, um, but more I like reading to to get something out of it uh, for yourself, you know. Nice, that's great. Uh, so wait, say it again now. The title, the way. Yeah, of the it's pe- called uh, the Way of the Peaceful, Peaceful Warrior, and it's by Dan Millman. Okay, I see it now. I just pulled it up. Interesting. I'll take a look. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good one. I about halfway through. My my goal is to finish it um, in the next like couple of weeks. Although we've got some traveling on the schedule, so maybe I'll I'll have to save it for a plane ride. It's kind of long. You said you were doing BU, right? When is that? Uh, the 29th. Oh, that's coming up. Have yeah, you run so on that? Two-ish weeks away from that. Have you run on that track before? I actually haven't. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I believe the hype or not that it's, you know, as fast as, as fast as it is, I think mostly just because our, my coach likes to joke that, you know, his one time he ran there, he, he did not get to enjoy the, the benefits of it being a fast track. I don't think he had a particularly good race when he was a pro at that track, but, um, Who, Corey not, said that? not really reading in too much of it for that more about the fact that it's, I mean, a, a good field and a good racing opportunity early on in the season. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I've run on it. I've, my, yeah. I've, I've got a PR, one of my PRs is on that, that track. So I've got, I've got nothing but love for that track. Yeah. Um, I like the old one better though. The, really? you, they used to call it the shed. It was like in an armory, like a dusty armory. You'd walk in and it would be freezing. Um, this was before they built that whole facility and um, there was no, I don't even remember if there were rails or anything like the turns were so steep, like sprinters would sometimes run off the turn, like off the track. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Stanford would come in, like teams would come yeah. in from all over, but you went, you walked into this like dark, dusty, <laughs> cold, like you'd be coughing in there. Um, oh yeah. Indoor track cough. Don't, don't miss that. Yeah. So that was the old BU. Um, but the new place is, it's incredible. I mean, obviously it's been around for a while now, but, um, they, I mean, would they, at the old one, would they like open up all the doors and try to cool it off before some of the races or I don't remember that. Cause it was, it was cold in there and yeah, yeah I think it's just, they kept them closed. That was part of the problem. It was like, we can't make it any colder in here. So, yeah. um, and it was just, you know, you were warming up mostly outside and, but in terms of the new track, I mean, we had the Armory in New York and and Reggie Lewis, and I don't remember it feeling faster than some of the other newer tracks at that time. I mean, because I was on the new BU track like yeah. right when it 
when it was opened and for the next few years and and that was it but maybe it's gotten faster i have no clue um yeah, i think I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's probably more about the people than it is about the track. but <laughs> yeah it's a great I'll, I'll, I'll hold those uh, judgments until two weeks from now <laughs> yeah um keep those big legs moving on the turn man um so i've just been trying to end these conversations just because the pandemic is such a bummer and keeps dragging on and um anything let's spin it you know or end on a positive note what you're grateful for what you're optimistic about in terms of sport things yeah. that are happening um maybe as you look forward into the new year Jeez, I mean that's 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 a big question to answer. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, what am I grateful for so much? I mean, obviously, we, what we've talked about, you know, family support system, little brother to swim with, my my friends and training partners, coach, obviously, um, wouldn't be where I am without him. Makes me a better athlete, person. Um, yeah, just have have had so many fun, to fun times with them. Even honestly during COVID have still, still had, you know, and found ways to have fun. I think early on in COVID, we actually, Corey and I did a road trip back to Ohio um, from Arizona. So it was like 30 hours of driving. Um, we went out there with one of his friends and then we drove back just the two of us after spending about a week where he was from in Sandusky, just <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, getting to do it with, with the people that, you know, you spend every day with and, going through the highs and the low of this sport, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. I love that, man, that you, you're grateful for a road trip. Pandemic started, you go on a road trip to Sandusky, Ohio. What Have a, you been? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just know it. I think we talked about it when I interviewed him. I was oh, like right. Sandusky, like classically, like Sandusky. Well, Why don't I, don't I know, know Sandusky? That didn't come up during his podcast with you, but he, did you know he ran a hundred miles that week? No. I didn't yeah. Know so that. we, so we, we, we drive from Arizona to Sandusky after stopping in like Indianapolis for a bit. Um, and then we're there for probably just over a week. And it was obviously Corey, you know, all of his accolades is professional and now as a coach, of course, but he never ran a hundred miles in a week. Um, in training with, with his coach, Robert Gary. And so um, that was kind okay. of on his bucket list was, Hey, I want to run hundred miles in a week. And so what better time, you know, back at home, back at his stomping grounds for all the nostalgia. And so he sets out on this, <laughs> this, this mission and albeit pretty crazy because it, it's not like, I mean, he certainly was running at the time, not fitness, but going after a hundred miles a week when he was in his prime athletically would have been a much easier feat than it was, you know, a, a few years removed. Um, what was he running prior to that? I mean, maybe I had to go back and like talk to him, but maybe like 30, 40, he would just go out for like, you know, sometimes I'll run, sometimes he would go for he, a 10 mile run, maybe but nothing crazy. Like not. Every yeah. Day. Yeah. And so he sets off on this ridiculous during not ridiculous obviously but i mean he got it done at the end of the day of course i mean if you knew Corey, you yeah. do you knew he was going to get it done but i'll never forget day day two into it you know we're going out in a double and i'm not running much at the time of course knowing me now i was dealing with some sort of an injury um but we're going out on a double i'm on his really old bike just like huffing and puffing next to him trying to get this you know rusty <laughs> over 
and we're in the middle of nowhere on some road and between some fields in Ohio. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're stopping for a break and we're day two into it, probably, you know, tw- high 20s for mileage. He might, I think he front loaded it pretty heavy. And I'm just like, there's no way this is happening. Like, he looks so defeated at this moment. <laughs> this is day two. Like, not for a second to become an option, you know, that, that he wasn't going to do it. Um, so just, just crazy. That's funny. Um, That's funny. Done. Um, lot, lot of, a lot of doubles. He might have tripled one day. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go without a trip to um, see his physical therapist um, that he used to work with, and he was a pro. So he, he all had, in the had, same week. Yeah, wow. he, had, he had some. He had some care there. I mean, we mostly were going to 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 get me in to see his people. To, to get me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 nice Sandusky it's Tommy Boy right isn't that where Tommy Boy was based the movie no. yeah <laughs> you're too young man you're missing all these yeah, yeah but if I'm, you ever go Osborne Park has the the best one mile gravel loop in the in the country so Osborne Park and Sandusky Ohio <laughs> oh man that's funny alright John well it was great talking with you I appreciate you being on the show and um, stay healthy, okay? We're going to be watching, cheering you on this year. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I appreciate that. All right, best of luck, man. All right.